Welcome to the Emergent Experience Podcast. I'm Monique. And I'm Satoya. We are two close friends that share a passion for self-care, personal growth, and women's empowerment through honest dialogue and shared life experiences. Thank Thank you for for joining us. us. Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're going to be talking about self-care, what it is, what it isn't, how to do it, and how to do it with limited resources. Because it's not all all about having a grand spa $500 day. That's that's, that's not what we're trying to do. (laughs) Although that would be nice. So... It was very interesting about this topic of self-care because it's been big in the articles. You've been seeing it on blogs. Um, and the fact that um, I'm in mental health, it has become a big topic for us at work. And it's so interesting um, when I, you know, I'm, I resigned to move on to other endeavors. And one of the gifts that I got was um, actually both of them were pretty much a form of self-care for me. Um, the one was a beautiful gift certificate to a nice spa, which is wonderful. I can't wait to use it. And I love massages. And the other one was actually several books of a, um African-American psychologist. And that came from the nurses department. And I, was, I loved it. For me, reading is a way of... It makes me happy. So the fact that I have those two gifts that's part of my self-care and I actually plan on reading tonight um and it really didn't cost I mean the spa thing was a little costly but that was a group gift but the books it doesn't really cost much um and since we're talking about my form of self-care um Satoya what is self-care so from Psych Central they had a pretty good definition Uh, It says self-care is any activity that we do deliberately in order to take care of our mental, emotional, and physical health. Although it's a simple concept in theory, it's something we often overlook. Good self-care is key to improved mood and reduced anxiety. It is also key to a good relationship with oneself and others. I feel like that was a really comprehensive definition. (laughs) Because even though, like you mentioned, going to the spa, like that can be a form of self-care. But um, I think sometimes, especially nowadays, people think that self-care is only like when you go mm-hmm. out and treat yourself. You know what I mean? Like you go and get your nails done or whatever. Um, and so there's this perception that self-care always has mm-hmm. to cost money. And I think that I think that kind of goes or leads into kind of this idea or talking through what self-care isn't yeah so um it shouldn't be something that we force ourselves to do like you're forcing yourself to do something that doesn't make you happy like you're accepting all these invitations to all these events because apparently you're part of a few organizations and you're kind of feeling stressed about overly stressed about it at some point you probably need to start saying no to some of them. You know? Yes. Um, it's not, like you said, it's not the many and petty. It's not buying these shiny new things. Um, and really, that really sums up what it isn't. It's not about the monetary stuff, but it's really about the self, the self 
the, the self-growth and how you get yourself to relax um, relax and get to know yourself again. What? Who am I? What yeah. do I like? What makes me happy? You care. I keep saying that. It makes me happy. I'm all about being happy, which is why I can go to work almost just about every day and smile and be happy of, because I know what I'm doing and the things that I'm doing are making me happy. And I'm feel, feeling self-fulfilled. Yeah. Um, I think I would like to kind of talk about what does self-care look like in our, for our, our parents or previous generations? And do you even remember them even talking about that or spending time on themselves in that way? No, I, I definitely did not experience or see examples of self-care. I don't even think that was a term when I was younger. There was a point where I was practice where I was practicing self care, but I didn't I didn't realize that that was mm-hmm. what I was doing until mm-hmm. I got older and had the terminology for it. Like I used to go to the store by myself and not go with friends because I wanted to be connected mm-hmm. to what I liked or like try on something different that I would never try on. Or, like I just wanted to do things that that were important to me and it was important for me to do alone. And so I practiced a form of self-care when I was younger, but it definitely wasn't modeled for me. Like, I didn't see my mom taking care of herself. I didn't see my dad taking care of himself. Um, it wasn't It wasn't something... And I, I, I think, too, like, a lot of the older or the previous generation, they focused on work and stability and... Um, providing Mm -hmm. for family and not necessarily thinking about how in order to really take care of other people well, you have to take care of yourself. Um, So it certainly was not modeled for me. I'm thinking about it. I have to, I'm like, wait a minute. I think my dad might have been the connoisseur of self-care, you know. I'm thinking about (laughs) it and as much as my dad was a very hard worker and a provider and very well present in our family, my father, as you know, and the readers are going to know, he's a musician. He loves playing the bass. And that time, you cannot, don't talk to him. Don't make any noise. Don't don't walk by. That, that is his time. time <laughs> and he will jam out. Um, every Saturday, he knew that, you know, my mom worked 12-hour shifts. She's a nurse. Um... So usually the weekends I'll be, it's my sister and I, and we'll be with my dad. And he would make a deal. I'll take you where you guys want to go, but you've got to go where I'm going first. So even though, okay, so it, it is smart. Okay, I have the kids. How can I make this work? He made that deal. He, we were at Sam Ash, and what we had to just deal with it every week. Go to Sam Ash and stay there for, I felt like, hours and play with instruments, him talking to other musicians and this and that. I didn't know what was so fun about going there every week, but eventually it became fun for me. But it was, it was his form of yeah. self-care. He also loved, um, he loved the hobby shop. So, and, and there used to be a great hobby shop in White Plains. I wish it still was there. White Plains, New York people. Yes, I'm from Westchester County. Um, <laughs> he would, he would constantly get all these different airplanes and models and build them and 
that definitely was a good mod. I never realized that, how much he made sure he stayed in tune himself. I never forget for, I think it was Christmas or, I don't even think it was a holiday. He bought some expensive bass and didn't tell anyone. And it showed up at the house and my mom was like, what is this? He's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's my gift. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess he modeled it. And my mom, I don't you know, my mom just worked and was always in school. And I think I picked up a lot of those um, traits from her. Because when I think, when you think about it, I've been in school my whole life and I'm working. So, there's a there's a mix there. Yeah. yeah. So there is a mix. Very interesting. I didn't even think about it as much. Um, wow. For me, self-care sometimes is just being alone. I don't even have to have anything I just sometimes need time to be alone and think and it's just thinking of just getting my mind organized um I was reading an article from Philly Voice and I one of the examples she's talked about was just journaling and asking yourself questions yeah asking yourself some questions simply what is what makes me happy and am I doing the things to make me happy or for me yeah I get very excited when I accomplish goals as you can tell I'm a little you know, I'm goal oriented to say, and but there's something about taking the time to organize and making sure things are going the right way in the way that I feel like they should be going. And I get so caught up in life that sometimes I don't even pay attention to anything. Like I can get caught up, don't realize if if certain things are going the right way, that's going to get me the results that I need. So I need that time, and I'm doing more of that weekly. I'm doing more yeah. of that weekly, especially with my scheduling changing, it's allowed me to, hey, I always want to take acting classes. Now I can actually sit down and take those acting, look up the classes. Like it came to a point where I couldn't even look up a class. And that's when you have to really stop yourself. Like, when do you know? Yeah. When is, when you, when, are you able to recognize when you are totally neglecting yourself? Yes. Oh my, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I think... I think it's so important to learn how to recognize when we're mm-hmm. in need of self-care. And for me, um, a huge factor in how, it's, uh, how I began to learn that was in learning the Enneagram because that, that particular personality typing tool, it, it taught me to recognize the signs of when mm. I'm under stress. And so when I start feeling anxious and when I feel low energy and when I start feeling, um, when I start feeling suspicious or kind of like, I'm already not, I'm already hypervigilant, but when I hypervigilate to the max, <laughs> then I know that I need to spend time alone. Like I need to be by myself. I need to reconnect mm-hmm. to myself. I need to recharge. And I don't like, I don't like moving forward without having an idea of what I'm doing. And so when I'm, when I'm spending too much time with other people or too much time doing other things for other people, then I'm not connected to, I'm not connected to all of my goals. And then I start feeling disoriented and I can't Mm. figure out where I am. That's, that's, that's very insightful. I think I was kind of blind to it for a while. And it's not until I got really sick. I remember getting a big argument with a friend and all of a sudden I'm sick. Next thing I know I'm in the hospital 
And I'm like, how could I have missed that? Was I that out of touch that I didn't see that I wasn't, I wasn't well? I was so absorbed in everybody else's everything. And that yeah. allowed me to say, I need to take a step back and I need to kind of focus on me. And I now realize when I, when I'm in need of, when I become too neglectful of myself, I kind of feel disassociated. I feel like I'm there, but I'm not my, how do I say this? The physical me and my mental me doesn't seem to be connecting. So I'm just like, oh, yeah. I feel just numb. Like I'm all over the place, but I'm. But I'm, it's like I, I can't, I hope I'm explaining it properly, but I'm, I'm there physically, but mentally I'm just, it's like a fog, which is really what it, that's really what disassociating yeah. is. I feel completely, cause it's almost like I have to numb myself to be, to be able to over, overcompensate for all the stresses that's happening and around me. Yeah. So that makes sense. Now I'm trying not to even get to that point. Which is why I'm practicing more time alone and doing more things to make me happy at least once a week. But it's probably becoming more to more so like two, three times a week. Um, I like, you know, we talked about stuff like gut neglect. Um, we have some, I'm sure we're going to have some uh, listeners who constantly put the needs of others before themselves. Yeah, that's true. And I think a lot of the times women tend to do that. Um, because nowadays, like, we're, we're daughters, we're friends, we're spouses, we're mothers, we're girlfriends. We're not, CEOs. Like, we, we consistently, we're bu- you yeah, know, we're all yeah. business. Like, we run businesses, we're entrepreneurs, we're doing all of these things that has a huge giving component, but it's, but we're not, we're not giving to yep. ourselves. And I think sometimes what might happen is that through the consistent giving to others, that maybe somewhere inside there's this little hope that maybe those things will give back to us. But, like, I think that it's more important for us to be in a more a more assertive role where we are giving to ourselves on purpose with intention. Like we aren't waiting for things mm-hmm. to get back to us that we are going out there and we're doing self care. We're thinking about what our body needs, what, what, what our emotional needs are, what our mental needs are. And we are taking care of those things for ourselves instead of waiting for whatever or whomever we've given to, to reciprocate. Absolutely. Another thing I think self-care should definitely be part, we should talk about the physical needs and that includes health. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, The physical needs is very important. Um, Feeling stressed and overworked and overwhelmed. And when you do have a busy schedule, you should be putting the right foods in in, in your body. And I know a lot of times I'm not. A lot of times it's grab and go and whatever's convenient. And sometimes my kids will have some snacks. And I use that excuse as, oh, well, the kids have snacks in the house. And I keep nibbling. Like, they really don't need it. But, you know, so that's another form of self-care. What I put in my body is going to show how much I care about myself. It's true. 
like a, a good form of self-care that I need to practice is food prepping. It's wonderful. At least doing it regularly. Like I do it sometimes, but I don't do it as regularly mm. as I should. That's, That's actually neglecting. <laughs> and actually, I'm neglecting myself because I really should be doing that too. It actually makes life so much easier when you do it. It does. It really does. What I've, what I've realized is that when I have certain things prepared and they're already in the fridge, I'm, I'm more apt to eat better things and make better choices because it's already available. Because, I mean, really, a lot of times when we're not putting the right things in our body, it's either because we just really want something else or, um, and I think many times it's the second reason is that it's a matter mm-hmm. of convenience. Because if somebody else made me food and it was healthy, I would eat it. So um, that for sure is a form of... Self-care. Yeah, definitely. So going back, um, I want to go back to talk about how do we practice our own self-care. Um, we really should take the time to identify and assess what we need. What, ask questions like, what makes you happy? What brings you joy? What brings you peace? Because the whole right. point is you want to get yourself back to baseline. You want to be able to relax and be in tune. You don't want to be always on edge. Um, and then you really should identify where you are before you can even begin the process of self-care. So where are you right now? What am I feeling right now in this very moment? Right. Right. Because I, as I always say that awareness is always necessary for change and if we aren't necessary if we aren't aware of what we're feeling where we are mentally emotionally physically otherwise then we really can't practice healthy self-care because mm-hmm. we're just out of touch absolutely um so we need to create the space that's necessary to take care of ourselves and that's another way of because a lot of times we'll we'll just be in a bunch of chaos we're not we're never in the right place um yes and it's like oh we don't have the time i don't have time to do this you make time time if you make time if you can make time to use a bathroom you can make time for self-care right and if you can make time to say yes to things that you don't actually want to do you can right because saying no to others means that we're learning how to say yes to ourselves um, so one thing I think is important is the cell phone. I find myself glued to my phone at one point. If you remember last year, it was, I took a year off Facebook. Like I, I was just, I was I so overwhelmed that. and I felt like my energy was, I just felt that whole feeling of this is this all over the place, you know, and everyone can contact me and I was getting alerts and pop up, pop ups. So one thing I did was I shut down my Facebook for almost a year. And you know, I was pregnant and had a baby and all that. So I was too busy with life. Um, uh, when I decided to come back, I made an agreement with myself that it cannot, I wouldn't have social media so attached to me where I'm constantly checking, I'm on the phone, or people can constantly contact me and I'm always getting the alerts. So what I did was I, did not, I deleted the app from my phone. So Facebook app is no longer on my phone. 
it most likely won't ever be on my phone. Well, I can't say won't ever, but I'm, I like how it is right now, so I don't plan on changing it. And if I need to go yeah. on Facebook, I can log in when needed, and I'll log out. Because usually once I log out, it's, it's a cutoff. I don't need constant reminders and dings and buzzes and humming coming from this phone. Yeah. but And, and for people that... I think some people feel like they really need mm-hmm. to have Facebook or have social media yeah. on their phone. And if they do, I think that it's it's good self-care and wise to just shut the notifications mm-hmm. off. So that way it's not like, ding, and then you're running mm-hmm. to your phone. Exactly. And you just like this, like, it's almost like, like a hamster, like, mm-hmm. or some kind of like animal instinct effect where like it dings and then you like just have to run it. It's very addictive. It it's like your brain yeah. says, go get it. Yeah. Okay, gotta get it. Alright, I feel good. And let me look. And it's really nothing. And most of the time it's nothing. Like <laughs> It's like I'm tagged in an right? animal video. I cannot tell you how many times <laughs> I'm like, okay, I have this and this and this to do. And then like 10 minutes later, I've been looking at or puppy videos. I'm cr- or I'm crying <laughs> because someone got reunited with their brother who was away in the military for one year. And then I go into another military re- re- um, uh, reunion. Then I go into person getting having their first hearing event because they got new implants. And then I'm yes. crying. And it's an hour later and nothing yes. is done. So... I have to, I have to be able to shut that off. Um, another thing, (laughs) another thing I started doing is I come home from work. The first thing I do is just shoot up the stairs, um, kind of like get myself undressed ready, but I leave my phone and I just leave it, leave it in the room, put it on the charger, leave it in the room. And I go back downstairs and try to like be present. I notice I'm you know, usually people want to call me and I want to call my friends and my mom and right after, but I realized that it's kind of consuming and I have to really utilize my time wisely with my husband and my kids. So I'm actually yeah. working. I'm not going to say it's perfect. I'm doing, I'm working on it. It's, do, it's doing better, but leaving the phone upstairs, just leave it. Like if it's that important, those important people have my house phone. They will find me. Right. I have to always utilize the do not disturb button because I really... I really treasure the moments that I get to sit and just, or not even sit. Sometimes I'm like doing things, but as I'm sitting or doing, I treasure the moments where I just get to listen to podcasts or audiobooks. Yes. Audiobooks. So I just like, I just put my phone on Do Not Disturb. Listen, if you don't have time to read because you're always on the go, I get it. I got it. Like I said, I'm probably going to always mention this until I'm done. I'm getting my doctoral degree and I don't, everything I read has to do with academics and research and it feels like I can't have any time for luxury reading, but I have found a way to squeeze it in. Well, I'm always driving to work. My drive is usually half an hour to an hour, depending on where the traffic is. And sorry, I will get an audiobook. Yeah, I love audiobooks. It feels like I'm being read to, and it, of course it feels like, because I am being read to, but it reminds me of my childhood when my dad used to read to me, and it just gives me a sense, I just feel relaxed, and I love to hear it coming from the author, because it's the, the yeah. real deal, this is how she was feeling when she wrote this this paragraph, so... 
that's what works for me. Sorry, because my voice is getting hoarse. Yeah, I, um, and audiobooks can be expensive, but they don't have to be. Um, if you purchase a book on Amazon, depending on the book, you can see if they have an audiobook upgrade, and it might be like just a couple of dollars as opposed to paying like 20 or $25 for a full audiobook. And then there are also apps out there called like Hoopla and Overdrive, which I'll put both of those in the show notes. But those apps, you can, if you have a library card, you can plug that in and then you can borrow ebooks and audiobooks and stuff like that for free. So if reading is something that is life giving for you, that would be a really great option. One thing that's also been really helpful for me in terms of the reading aspect Mm -hmm. of self care is uh, getting a Kindle because I don't have to be tempted to go like I, you, there's a kindle app that you have on you can add up to your ipad or tablet or whatever or phone or whatever but there's always that temptation to like as you're reading oh i wonder what's going on on facebook and then you can just go straight over to it whereas with the kindle i don't have that temptation because it's i'm not able mm-hmm. to do that at all so i end up getting a lot more reading done and i can be focused and really enjoy my reading time because I'm not being enticed by these like social that. media apps that are sitting mm-hmm. on my tablet. That makes sense. I actually have one, and I love that thing. Actually, where it is right now, don't know. Still haven't unpacked a lot of stuff. I, I love my Kindle Paperwhite, and I can read it in the dark. That is what I need. I think that's going to be my Christmas list. So I'll hook, make sure my <laughs> husband hears this. Um... It's amazing. I love the Kindle Paperwhite. I have the mm-hmm. one with the ads, and it's it's cheaper than the one without the ads, which you can, if it annoys you, you can eventually pay to not have them, but I don't really okay. mind, and I don't, like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like there are ads while I'm reading or in the book while I'm reading. It's usually, on, like, on the home screen or whatever, but I love my Kindle Paperwhite. So how can people practice self-care if they have limited resources well the whole point is for you to feel at peace relax just feel happy find your center yes reconnect with yourself and you don't need a whole lot of money really you can do it for free a lot most of the times um go for a walk yeah go for a walk take in the scenery I mean, I feel like it doesn't matter where you live, whether it be an urban community, a rural community, the suburbs, the city, like the city. I don't. It doesn't matter. You can be able to just take a walk and and look at the beauty of everything. I mean, I remember being in the city, and as much as I think I was waiting for the train, and of course it was too full, and I'm one of those people who get. A little crazy when there's too many people on the train, which is always, but it was so full that I just decided to wait. And while I sat there, there was some graffiti on the train. And just looking at that, I was kind of like zoned out. I didn't pay attention to, to too much that was going on and just looked at the train and wondered what person, when they sprayed, uh, when they were making this graffiti, what were they thinking? What does this mean? Go for a walk. Look at the trees. It's snowing outside right now for us. And, um... Let the snow crunch under your feet. Or if it's the fall, take a walk and look at the leaves. Go to a park. You don't have to 
really spend money just to enjoy where you are and who you are. And think when you're there, think about what you're feeling. What am I feeling when I'm taking a walk? What does it mean? Yeah. Okay, when I, I heard a car go by and it startled me, you know, why did it startle me? Like, just start to figure out. It's like you're dating yourself. Yeah, and it's 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 like this uh this practice mm-hmm. of being present. Um, deep breathing. Um, some people will find it annoying. <laughs> I was one of them. So let me raise my hand. I was one of them. I never forget <laughs> we had to do these deep breathing exercises when I was in grad school at NYU. And one thing I can tell you is we all had to go into this circle and we had to, we all had to present different um exercises. And a deep breathing got on my nerves. It got on my nerves. Everything got on my nerves. And I had to sit with that and say, why am I so annoyed with deep breathing? I was annoyed with muscle relaxation. I was annoyed with guided imagery. It was the fact that I had to sit with myself. And I didn't have any external things yeah. going on. And I've always had external... Yes. Like no distractions. So I hated it in the beginning. And then I realized, this is a problem. And then I have, of course, you have mindful... If you have a whole bunch of mindful friends, who's always... They're going to call you out on it, like, you know, what's going on about that, Monique? You know, what's that about? And my professor never, she didn't hide anything. She would call you out on yourself. So I had to start thinking, okay, <laughs> I need to be able to relax. And now, and that was two, two and a half years ago, maybe more than two and a half years ago, I, I'm happier. I enjoy it. And you can start small. If you have to just take a couple of breaths, maybe just take two minutes and make, build it up to five minutes and build it up, whatever time periods you need to kind of get into it, try it. Um, when a, yeah, that makes mm-hmm. a huge difference. Just even sitting and breathing yes. for a few minutes. Um, one of my favorites is just really um, taking a shower. Not saying I don't shower. Everyone showers. But what do you do in that shower? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I would hope everyone showers. Maybe some people take baths. But one thing I um, started doing was, especially when I was pregnant with my son, I would get some lavender drops. I would run the water, let the hot, get the water get hot enough where it was steam, but not too hot where it was uncomfortable. And I would throw a couple drops of lavender oil. I had other essentials, but somehow lavender was my favorite, became my favorite. And I would get in that shower and the aroma... That aromatherapy is it's the real deal. I was so relaxed. I was happy. I just felt really good in there. It just it was a different adding that extra extra hint of essential oil turned my shower into like a spa experience. And then I started I had a I had an oil diffuser that actually was a connected to my phone. So I would actually play um relaxation music. Um another thing is I would start I would, and this is something I would never do. I was always like, hurry up, take a shot, get out, get, and go to work. I started um, taking the time to use like the body scrubs, like the sugar scrubs. It was very moisturizing, head to toe, head to toe. That alone, that I mean, my own spa experience. Yeah, that's that's really great winter time mm-hmm. self care too, because you know your skin gets all dry and like rough mm-hmm. and stuff. So just like making a nice sugar scrub and taking the time to do that absolutely so um oh one really practical um one really practical 
method of self-care that we talked about too was um people actually taking their lunch break yes. at work take your lunch break you you have yes you work so hard that lunch break is for you to remove yourself from that situation grab some feed your body feed your mind once i used to walk yes. on a big campus and one thing i used to love was i would grab my some of my coworkers, and we would go we would walk around the campus it was a big campus and we just look at the 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 homes and the the trees and the garden and just take in the scenery walk really slow and talk and laugh and not talk about work yeah because at times when your break is absolutely actually your break. because i there would there be times where i would work through my lunch we'll work right through it or i'm eating my lunch and i'm the other hand is typing or I'm squeezing bites in and running to meetings. So there has to be a balance. Take your break. Yeah. Um, I used definitely. To... And you know what, what I used to do? do? <laughs> when mm-hmm. I'm not a smoker, but I used to take smoke <laughs> breaks because everyone, <laughs> everyone that would take their smoke break, they'd go out there and they would do their thing and they'd have like this 10, 15 minute break, sometimes 20 minute break. Just smoking their cigarette i'm just like if they're taking time for themselves to do that i'm gonna take time for myself i'm gonna take my smoke break and not smoke and but be yeah, by myself wrong with that. you smoking on you smoking on joy that's what you're smoking on <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing nothing wrong with that um there's so many ways you can incorporate self-care in your life whether it's extreme whether you're extremely busy you could be an extremely busy mom or a, a, a career woman and you're always well you're always working find a way if you don't you're going to be doing disservice to yourself you're al- you're not allowing yourself to grow you're not you're, you're not allowing yourself to be love and you can't give love if you are not loving yourself not in the best form right Right. You can't be the best mom if you are not loving on yourself. You need to love up on yourself, moms. There's a lot of moms who, are, and I'm yes. one of them. Who want every, I want to give everything to my kids. They, I mean, the world is theirs. And then, but the world needs to be yours too. Right. Sacrifice for yourself because a happy mom is gonna you're gonna have you're gonna produce happy children, and happy children are gonna see how you treat yourself, and they're gonna follow those those same um, um, habits that you have shown. As you can see, we were, we were able to go back in our memories and talk about those yeah. things. So even it's in, important. Even in you saying that, I'm thinking about how I can practice better self-care myself because I would, I would hate for my daughter to treat herself the way I treat myself. I for sure want her to treat herself better mm-hmm. than I treat myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I want my kids to do the same. And I think they already are, especially the 18-year-old. Yes, I have an 18-year-old. Did I tell you, tell you guys that? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. I think covered we kind of... Yeah, sounds like we covered it all. So, um, thanks for listening to Emergent Experience. Um, this was a important topic for us to talk about, self-care. 
And we hope that you guys really take the time. Right, right after you get off of this, go and find something. Find, write down something that's going to allow you to be happy. And no one else has to contribute to it, but just for you. Um, I guess we're going to close up with our quote. Um, the most powerful relationship you will ever have is the relationship with yourself. And that's Diane von Furzenberg. Till next time. Bye. Bye.